This podcast is Challenging Opinions and is presented by William Campbell. Thank you for downloading the Challenging Opinions podcast for September 3rd, 2018. Things aren't like they used to be in the old days. I know that's true because it's carved in the pyramids. In this show, I talk to a veteran of the 1960s anti-war protests about what that was like then and what he thinks of young people today. Challenging Opinions is the podcast where ideas are tested. Whether you are left or right, conservative or progressive, devout or skeptic, what matters is the strength of your argument, not the strength of your voice. And coming up for you in this podcast. It, it, it became clear that what we were doing was so offensive, uh, killing innocent people and the rest of it, uh, that, that you, you just turned against it. You did. It was, it was, it was part of what you, you felt. On the line now, I have Dave Lefcourt. He's an author. He's also a journalist. And uh, Dave, you wrote an article a while back uh, saying that the American people are incurious. And you said with the smartphone revolution, people are transfixed with their electronic gadgets and they're not curious about what is going on in the world around them and particularly not curious about what the government is doing. Do you think that's really true? Well, I believe it's so. Um, the way I see it, I've been, tra- I've been I travel around the country. I've been I've been to this year, this past year, through the not only where I live in the Middle Atlantic, but up in the Northeast, down into uh, the South, into Florida, uh, the Midwest, mm-hmm. the Upper Northwest, in, in Seattle. Um, and what I see is these people, like you say, transfixed on their cell phone. I'm not sure what it is. Um, but, uh, I just, and then overhearing conversations, I travel a lot on, on public transportation and sometimes, uh, you know, it's not that you're, you're intent on listening to conversations, but you overhear things, uh, where you're seated, let's say on a train or whatever. And, and the, 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 the conversation is such that it has nothing to do with what's going on in the world. And, um, I, I think it, 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 I don't know if it was the intent of the government or deep say whatever uh, to come up with the smartphone, but I'll tell you it is it is uh, one of the great um, uh, uh, how do you put it um, distractions away from what they do. I mean, what 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 the what what the United States is doing all over the world uh, with with these uh, undeclared wars. Uh, you know, whether, whether mm-hmm. it be in Iraq, which was, which was totally unforgiving. I mean, uh, th- th- there was no basis for it. I, I had read, I had read, for instance, uh, Scott Ritter, who, who was, who was a, a nuclear inspector from in the 90s mm-hmm. after the Gulf War. And, and he, he said that his group had, 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 had gone throughout the country and there was no weapons of mass destruction. Now, the idea that the Congress didn't know anything about this or, uh, uh I mean, I, I was only privy to it. Come mm-hmm. on. I mean, it, it, it was, it was, it was known that, you know, uh, 
that that this was a, that this was a, uh, that this had happened. Let, let me pause you on that for a second, Dave. And I understand what you're saying, and I know that you're a retired gentleman. So let me just defend the youth a little yes. bit. I think it's always been true that. Older people have talked about how disappointed they are in the youth and how the, the, the youth of today are, it's nothing like when I was a kid. Isn't it a little bit unfair? And, but th- that there's some very sharp metrics. For example, subscriptions to things like the New York Times online, which people read on their smartphone are going way up. Yeah, for sure. There were always some people who were interested in current affairs, but there was always a huge mass of the population who had very little interest, if any. And now we have universal literacy. We have people um, have pretty much the entire population have all information available to them through the internet. And for sure, some people use that to go on dating apps or to go and pay, play Candy Crush or some other games. But really, a lot of people are interested and young people a large number of them are getting involved in politics, be it involved in uh, political parties or in single-issue campaigns. Aren't you being a, a an old curmudgeon there? <laughs> uh, you, you, you've got a point there, but uh, you know, I, I go I go back to the time of the Vietnam War, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say from from sixty seven. Well, that's when it, that's when I, it really turned with me. Um, that uh the war was wrong that the government what it was doing in 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 bombing north north vietnam and the rest of it and there was there was huge demonstrations uh all over the country on on campuses and everything mm-hmm. well that was a time of the universal draft you don't have a draft today and and it was intended after I believe in 1973, after we got out of the war in Vietnam, mm-hmm. um, that that they dropped the draft. They that the Congress realized, whoa, they didn't want this kind of eruption happening again. And if they if they had an all volunteer force, it wouldn't happen. And and this this is what I believe has happened today. I remember prior to uh, the invasion of Iraq by Bush. That um, there was there was some demonstrations and they were fairly large even all, all across the world, but they they weren't sustained like the ones that we had in the sixties and early seventies. I mean, I was on campus at the time in grad school, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was it was immense the way it was. I mean, and you think about give what people give people a word it. picture. So, Dave, you've got a lot more experience in life than a lot of people listening to this podcast. Give people a word picture about what it was like to be around in 1968, 1967, 1969 on campus? Oh my gosh. I mean, um, on my campus, uh, which was the University of Maryland, I mean, we, we were we were on, on uh, it, it, it was like, I would say thousands, maybe 5,000 on, on, uh, on a lawn at the University of Maryland. And we were, we were waiting to meet up with people that were marching from American University down, down University Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be a, a, a big gathering together. Um, it, 
it, it, it, you know, and 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 it was a sense that that uh, we we were changing the world. That's that's how you felt at the time. Now I was in my twenties at the time, or late twenties anyway. So you you got a sense that you were part of something that was changing the world. And and significantly, what what happened? Uh, Johnson, the president, uh, decided not to run in 1968, and mm-hmm. and a good part of that was because of the demonstrations that were occurring at that time. I can't. I think that would be unimaginable today uh, uh, for to, to put that kind of pressure on a president to, to consider not re- running for re-election. And there are some people imagining putting that pressure on a president right now. I can tell you whether they'll succeed or not yeah. is a different question entirely. Tell me, in the 60s, I think one of the things that created, you might know this better than me, but I think one of the things that created this radicalism on campus was that it was the first time that there were there was mass access to higher education before that was really reserved to the elite. Do you think that was part of what impacted that? Well, I guess it was it was mass access, but it was, but the, the the country was ready for it. I mean, uh, this wasn't the fifties any longer. I mean, uh, women were 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 beginning to demonstrate the uh, civil rights movement was very big. Um, Martin Luther King was very significant at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was things that were happening, you know, in the deep south. Um, and, and of course, what was happening in, in, in California at, at, uh, at uh, the University of California at Berkeley, mm-hmm. uh, which, which, which has really started a lot of the demonstrations uh, uh, against the war and all. Um, so it was a, it was a different time. Um, I don't again. I don't know why. I don't know if universal uh, uh, university uh, education was a significant part of it. Um, I, I would just know I was a part of it at the time. Um, what made you a part of it? Well, maybe a part of it. Well, I, I had I had changed significantly from from originally being for what Johnson did in 1965, and of course, I, at the time, I didn't know about the Gulf of Tonkin incident and that it was a false flag operation. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, it, it it became clear that what we were doing was so offensive, uh, killing innocent people and the rest of it uh, that that. You, you just turned against it. You did. It was. It was. It was part of what you you felt. And uh, and of course, this is also a time of people, you know, uh, embracing the flag and love it or leave it. The love it or leave it crowd. Uh, yeah, the, these were conservative. conservatives supporting the war in Vietnam. But yes. Specifically, what made you part of the protest movement and not part of their movement? Well, I had changed. What, what I, made I you had, change? Uh, what made me change? Well, I, you know, you know, I guess reading about it, I can't remember the specifics about what I read, uh, what I saw. I mean, you know, the the networks at that time, what what was shown on TV. Uh, you had old Uncle Walter Conkrite as, as the head of uh, CBS News, mm-hmm. and uh, who, who later t- turned against the war. But I mean, you you saw images of the war. I mean coffins of of americans dying over there um there was there was the the journalists at the time were not impacted with the military but they were they were outside of it so what was coming across to us 
in uh, from the media was that it was a it was a horror that was that was going on. And if you honestly saw it, you felt you were you 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 felt against it. You protested against it. There was others that were in, in, in doing the same thing, so you joined it. And tell me, tell me, Dave, you obviously were part of, you know, there was a great feeling of being able to change the world at the time. Were you disappointed with what happened afterwards in the 70s and 80s? Well, you know, was I disappointed? Um, well, I, I think there was there was some positive things that came about. Um, you know, with, cause in the early seventies, uh, what happened with Nixon and Watergate and the rest of it. And, uh, and you, 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 you had, uh, uh, you, you saw what, what, what he did or, or, uh, the cover up and the rest of it. Um, so, and at, at the time I was a big, uh, subscriber to the Washington Post and, and that whole investigation that the posted was mm-hmm. significant and I followed it, you know, daily. Um, so, so I, and out of that, there was investigations. Unfortunately, at that point, Dave's phone line broke down, but I managed to get him back on the phone. And we talked about the change in the way the United States adversaries are viewed by the American left and right since he first got interested in politics. Do you think that, you know, a lot of in the 1960s, 1970s, a lot of people on the left in the US, like yourself, had sympathy, maybe a sneaking regard for the Soviet Union? That's sort of flipped now, hasn't it? Oh, well, you know, what's going on today in Russia, I believe, is not the Soviet Union. Um, the, 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 the idea that, that Putin is trying to resurrect the Soviet Union, I believe, is nonsense. That's my but, opinion. But from the point of view, Dave, from the point of view of an authoritarian state, he is trying to. Economic policies aside. Well, you know... Um, he was he was elected by the Russian people. Now you can and and as far as I as far as I know, the elect the election was legitimate. Um, was it oh, oh now, oh now, Dave, come okay. on! The, the, there was huge. You don't think that? Don't think that that's I, true? I absolutely don't. But okay. tell me, tell me your opinion of him anyway. Well, um, I, I believe he was he was elected by freely by the Russian people. That that's that's my belief. Um, but what happened with with uh, Russia and the Soviet Union after the demise of the Soviet Union in 1991 through, throughout the 90s, um, it, 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 was, it was disastrous for, for Russia. I mean, people who were, who were retired, um, th- their pensions were, were reduced. Um, it, w- it was a really serious, terrible economic situation in Russia after the Soviet Union collapsed. Now, when Putin came into power uh, in, uh, I believe, you know, from from Yeltsin, I think in in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. I think he set he set in 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 mind that Russia was going to, re, you know, get its sovereignty back and get its inter- integrity back, and um, and I think I believe in many ways he's done that. Um, uh, you, you know, there was there was an agreement. With uh, Gorbachev and and the, and the Bush senior administration, that that NATO uh, would not move one inch eastward if 
if the Soviet Union at the time would allow Russian, uh, would allow Germany, the two Germanys, to to combine, mm-hmm. and and that was and that was uh, that was a verbal agreement, which which Clinton. Uh, in the in the early 1990s, abrogated, and then and then uh, with the expansion of NATO to the border uh, to the borders of Russia, uh, with some of the old uh, um, with some of the old satellites uh, that would that would became independent countries, you know, the Baltic states, yeah. uh, Romania, Bulgaria. Um, I, I can't remember the, the the sequence in terms of the expansion, but right now, I mean, my gosh. Uh, NATO is basically at the, at the doorstep of of Russia, um, and it, it's it's gonna and 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 that whole agreement is just completely ignored and and disregarded. And and do you think that people who and I want to focus back on on the contrast yeah. between activists maybe from the 1960s and 70s like yourself and people today do you think that and there's been I'm sure you've seen online a huge amount of criticism of particularly of left-wing activists and whether they believe in free speech sufficiently strongly and whether the issues that they're focusing on but in the 60s for all its idealism and for all its its uh, qualities there was a lot wrong then as well. And for example, the treatment of women in activist movements left nothing to, you know, there was nothing to be proud of there. And uh, do you think possibly that uh, maybe some of the subsequent generations have done better, have got it right compared to well, the 60s? They, they have. I mean, uh, I'll admit that my consciousness was raised from, from, uh, from the time in the 60s to where it is now. I mean, we, we were doing things unconsciously referring to women as girls and and uh, and maybe derogatory comments that we weren't, we weren't even aware of. So so um, in terms of women, uh, I, I think there's a definite consciousness raising from from that time. But we had to learn, um, uh, and I think and I think uh, especially on the left, I, I believe uh, there's, it, it has grown to where it's much more open and accepting, and uh, and 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 the idea of women's equality. Quality. I, I mean, I look at women's sports, for instance. I mean, prior to Title IX in, 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 in 1972, I believe, I mean, women's sports didn't hardly exist. Now today, uh, my God, it's, 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 it's flowering. I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's stupendous, in fact. Um, so there's definitely positive things. If you had, Dave, to give one piece of advice to somebody who's maybe 18 or 19 years old, going to college for the first time, who was politically interested but didn't maybe didn't know what to do about it what advice would you give them well keep an open mind um uh, go to alternative news sites and don't believe everything that you hear and read on the on the uh mainstream media um and uh, and and Make up your own mind um, and reflect on on uh, on what you're reading, and uh, and then maybe uh, just be open-minded. That's 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 significantly, I think, uh, that I would suggest. Are you optimistic for the future? Am I optimistic for the future? Um, yes, but I don't know. My optimism with the United States 
is not that great. I mean, what I see is, you know, economic development coming from the east and, and, and from China and its Belt and Road Initiative. I mean, uh, the, the expansion there, um, I, I think it's significant. Uh, I just wonder about the future for, uh, for, for kids growing up in this country. Um, I see the demise of the middle class in many instances. Um, jobs are not, not that plentiful. Jobs have been, been shipped overseas. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm having difficulty with the United States. And, I'm, and I was born here. Um, but uh, I just don't get the sense that uh, we're, we're, we're heading in, in the right direction. I don't think our government is in the right direction. I don't think it's supportive of the people. I mean, Trump is, I, you never know what, what Trump is going to be. I mean, he talks about ending jobs and, and this and that, and then, then he puts sanctions on people and trade uh, sanctions and, and the rest of it. I, I, I just have difficulty with, uh, with what's going on politically in this country. Um, so... Dave Lefcourt, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you, William. Thank you a lot. Never miss a show. You can subscribe to the podcast for free using iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or any other podcast software or app. See challengingopinions.com backslash subscribe for details. Go to the website for sources and links to what we were talking about. And while you're there, please like the show on Facebook, follow at ChallengingO on Twitter, and get in touch with me if you can suggest a guest or topic for a future show. Also, you can find out how to subscribe to the podcast for free on your computer, on your phone, or by email. It's all at www.challengingopinions.com. And I now also have a Patreon account. Thanks to the people who signed up as patrons so far. I really appreciate that. It means that I can devote more time to research and to finding interesting guests. And if you could do the same as them and sign up as a patron, you'll find all the details on the website. I'd really appreciate that. The Changing Opinions podcast is produced and presented by me, William Campbell. Thank you for listening. Thank you.